Hey, this is Joe Calloway. I wrote a book called Magnetic, The Art of Attracting Business, and you're listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. I'm glad you're here. This is going to be fun. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast, named by LinkedIn as one of 10 podcasts that will make you a better marketer in 2016. My goal for this podcast is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything discussed in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today, we're joined by Joe Calloway, and we're going to talk about his new book, Magnetic, The Art of Attracting Business. Joe is a business author, consultant, and keynote speaker, a Speaker's Hall of Fame inductee, by the way, and his client list reads like an international who's who of, in business, ranging from companies like Procter & Gamble and Coca-Cola to Cadillac and American Express. Joe also works with small to mid-sized business groups, including franchisees, medical practices, law firms, and a range of professional services groups. He is the author of five other books, including Be the Best at What Matters Most, The Only Strategy You Will Ever Need, Becoming a Category of One, How Extraordinary Companies Transcend Commodity and Defy Comparison, and Indispensable, How to Become the Company That Your Customers Can't Live Without. Joe, congratulations on Magnetic, and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you, and thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this. Well, it's great to have you, and and for more reasons than you might realize, Joe, I have been working so hard to get authors with Southern accents on my show. <laughs> well, you scored today, my friend. Uh, yes, yes. So uh, there's and there's only been a few, and so I, you know, I I, I need your help, Joe, uh, listener. I need your help, but. Um, Anyway, it's uh, it's it's going to be fun, and it's good to have you uh, represent there from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, Nashville. And listen, I will make it a point to throw in as many extra syllables as possible, and to say y'all, even even when it makes no sense. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> and and let's throw in some uh, you know uh, expressions too that you know maybe only we would understand. Well, bless your heart. I'll do that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, listener, I don't know if you caught that, but there he goes. So let me start with just one quick quote from the book, and we'll uh, start to get into it. This book focuses on one thing above all others, creating the experiences that spark positive word of mouth that will drive new business to you. It is about the attitude strategies, and tactics that make that happen. This book is about what customers say about you. It's not about what you say about you. So, Joe, I thoroughly enjoyed the book. It had so much common sense that it, it almost hurt. And I, I love the name and the concept of the book. Can you tell us the story about how this book number six came to be and, and why you wrote this one and, and who you wrote it for? Yeah, I... Well, let me start with who I wrote it for. And I still work with companies like the ones that you named uh, that that were in the information that we give to folks like, you know, Coca-Cola and Verizon and Cadillac, big, big, big companies. But Doug, over the last few years, I've started working a whole lot more with uh, with smaller businesses, with entrepreneurs, with uh, with owners and and leaders of small to mid-sized businesses. 
And so the, I think it's a fairly universal, uh, universally applicable message. But it came from a couple of things. Number one, most of my clients and most people in business are always interested in growth. How can we get more customers? How can we attract more customers and keep them? And then the other thing is with the advent of the internet, people are very rightly so. They are spending a lot of thought and giving a lot of mind share to social media. But what they're doing is very often they're, they're focusing only on, okay, what can I say on social media that will attract customers and, and get good things to happen in my business. And of course you want to be on social media. I'm on social media and, and I pass along ideas and I try to engage people in conversations. But what really counts in terms of whether or not I'm attracting customers through social media is not what I say. It's what other people primarily the people that have done business with me, it's what they're saying about me. And it's what they're saying about you, your product, your service, the experience of doing business with you. So this book, it, the, the core message, and, and you really hit it in the little, the little excerpt from the book, is how can I get focused? How can I be intentional on creating the experiences that create that absolutely most powerful factor in buying decisions, which is positive word of mouth. Um, everybody from Forbes magazine to most every marketing survey that's done will certainly uh, verify that there is no factor out there more powerful in the buying decision than what people say about you, what customers say about you. So in a nutshell, that's what the book is about, and that's where it came from. Well, I think that a lot of the concepts that you explain, um, very straightforward and at the same time, very difficult for a lot of companies to do. And uh, just to back up, there was one part of the book at the very end where you wrote something that, that made me laugh. I don't know, it made me laugh to keep from crying, but you said, I hear people say, quote, I've got to get something up on social media. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I should tweet. That will get some business coming my way, yeah. end quote. And then you wrote, really? I mean, seriously? That's your strategy? <laughs> I know. I was really being kind of a, kind of a smart ass on that one. But I, it's true. And you know, you know the companion piece is when they say, number one, they say, I've got to get something on social media. <laughs> right. And then number two, well, I've got this idea, and I've found a company that's going to roll it out on the internet for me. Oh, and yeah. it just... Oh my God, mm -hmm. seriously. And, and so who's going to buy it? And they go, well, I'm going to put it on the internet. Oh, that's right. Yeah. A big part I, of the book at the end was that, yeah, well, I'm, uh, it's like the internet was some sort of, um, I'm going to get it out on the internet. Like there's some sort of pixie dust that's suddenly going to take over. <laughs> exactly. Here's the, pro the look, there's a million people that buy things over the internet, but there's a zillion people that try to sell things over the internet. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying don't do business on the internet. Oh my gosh. Of course, if it, if that's your business model and that's right for you, yes, do it. But understand what drives business to you, which is which is the buzz, which is what people are saying about you on the internet. It, it's, I mean, it, yes, you want, you may want to do advertising and yes, you want to be on social media, but 
pay attention to what it is that truly, truly, truly makes people go, hey, you know, I think I'm going to try that company. It's generally uh, word of mouth, whether that word of mouth takes place on the internet, face-to-face, telephone, whatever. People talk about the experience of doing business with other people. I was I was having a conversation this morning with some people about a car dealer that I'm never going to darken their door again. And I just went on a rant about how horrible the experience was. Mm-hmm. And, and that's taking place everywhere today. And, of course, the Internet just multiplied it by a zillion. Yeah, and at the end of the book, you have some friends, pretty well-known friends, who tell stories about how they fired companies. And I just read those, and I just thought, I've done that too. I've just, you know, oh, I've given yeah. companies, because I, you know, if I have a problem with a company, that's really not a problem. It's really nope. how they respond to it. And then, if I'm able to see how a company responds to a bad situation, and they are able to fix it, I'm really loyal after that. Because I've seen how bad it can be and how they fixed it, and I have a lot of trust for them. But there are so many where there's just, oh, it just, it just, it just breaks down. And I'm not just talking about airlines here. You know, it's not like this, this normally leads into an airline discussion. But we're not, we're not talking about that. We're talking no, about, that, that's too easy. Yeah. That's too easy. Right, right. Well, let me ask you one question, and then we can end the podcast interview. No, I'm just kidding. So in the book, you it's sort of like you take a two-by-four and hit me between the eyes, which I've never had happen to me, but I think that that would really be painful, and I'd probably pay attention. You said you explained to the reader what the secret of success is. What is that? Yeah, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about social media. Yesterday on Twitter, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, I posted this. The customer experience you create is your marketing, whether that's a product, whether it's a service, whether it is interactions, whether it's when you solved or didn't solve a problem to the customer's satisfaction. People say, what should my marketing be? Look, you're already doing your marketing every single time you put a product out there or you interact with a customer. I'm not saying don't do other things, but I'm saying don't kid yourself. The customer experience you create is, in fact, your marketing. I was doing an interview not too long ago, and somebody said, well, okay, Joe, what's your marketing program? And I said, to do great work for my clients. Mm-hmm. And and the other person said, "Well, okay, I get that, but what's your marketing program?" I said, "No, I, I said, I said that's it. I said I put all when I am doing what I do with my customers. That is an ongoing, most powerful in the world sales call. Mm-hmm. It, it's the ultimate marketing effort is to do good work, and the opposite holds true too. If you screw it up, that's also your marketing." So be intentional, pay attention to the experience you're creating, because that's what is either growing your business or not growing your business. Yeah. And if we, we go back to the, you know, the four P's that some people learned in uh, school or in, you know, classic marketing textbooks, they always talk about uh, the product. There's the product, place, uh, price, and promotion. Product yeah. came first, and I always think that that was for a reason. They focus on the product, and you can think about a lot of products out there that don't have a lot of promotion, but they're wonderful products, and you get a lot of uh, word of mouth, and they're very responsive. I mean, it could be from your uh, local dry cleaner to Amazon. 
You know, they yeah. really focus on the product and the experience that they engineer for folks. And there was another really great, another one of many great points in the book. And one of them was about focus on being the best rather than obsessing over trying to be different with, I think, what's it you call oh. buzzers and bells and whistles? Yeah. And, I, explain that for the listener. That That's... I, that's I'm telling one. you, I, yeah, I'm, I may just go out of control on this one because it drives me crazy. People are saying, well, okay, the key in today's market is to be different. Mm -hmm. We've just got to be different. We've we got to do something different. And I'm going, whoa, 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 try this. If you want to be different, that's great. Try doing being different this way. Be better than your competition at what your customer values most because if you win, if you win there, you win. Game over. Here's the deal. People, like, if they're in the business of, of, of baking cakes, they start obsessing over, well, I got to think of the, the right cherry to put on top of the cake. That's the key to it, mm -hmm. is the cherry I put on top. And, and I say, wait a minute. Back up a minute. Make a better cake. Uh, look, I'm all for putting the great cherry on top. Nobody loves a great cherry on top of a cake more than me. But you know what I love even more than that is, is the best cake. Yeah. Holy cow. We've gone so goofball over wow factors that we've forgotten that the greatest wow factor is wow. These guys get it right every single time. There's your wow factor. And you know, the buzzers and bells, there's an IT company that that came up with this, they said, buzzers and bells wear off. Usefulness never does. And there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of money to be made uh, in that philosophy. Yeah, and you even talk about a, a French restaurant there in Tennessee, which apparently was just fantastic. And you had to oh drive out there to some kind of hole-in-the-wall strip mall, and it was fantastic. Yeah. And the reason you were there is because they did everything right. It was a fantastic French bistro. And then apparently they lost focus. <laughs> yeah. And they had it, nothing it, else to keep them going. They went out of business. Well, it was the best place in town until it wasn't. Right. And you know, it's funny. I, I went there because I read two off the charts reviews of it uh, here in local publications. And I thought, come on, it can't be that good. I went out there and it was like, holy moly, it's that good. Mm -hmm. And went back and went back and went back and went back and it was that good. Again, until it wasn't. And my buddy Scott McCain, who actually has got a, a little, a little a significant bit part in Magnetic in the book, he and I co-wrote a chapter together, and he's also one of the guys that fired a company that you were referencing uh -huh. a few minutes ago. But I took Scott there, and he said, wow, this is really good. I said, you know, Scott – it's really not compared yeah. to what it used, used to be. It's Now it's just pretty good. And then it went from pretty good to just, yeah, it's okay. And it wasn't good enough to justify the 45-minute drive out there. And they went out of business. Yeah. And I don't and, – and whatever it was, and I don't know what caused it, but you're right. They lost their focus. And it was the food. The food just wasn't as good as it, as it had been. And look. If you lose there, I don't care what else you got going for you. If the food's not good, I mean, it's a restaurant. Come on. Yeah. It, it brings to mind one of my favorite uh, movies, Office Space. Yes. And <laughs> it's almost like you're saying, look, another piece of flair on your, on your waiter outfit is not going to make that food taste any better. And there seems to be a lot of that, even at the biggest companies where they're thinking, oh, let's just um, – 
you know, let's just put some, uh, <laughs> let's just put some better frosting on the bad cake. The other thing that this brings to mind, though, that I wait really, a minute, wait a minute, what? That's my next. You've just given me my next book title. <laughs> well, whatever it takes to get right, you back right. on the show, Joe. Exactly. Great frosting on a bad cake. Holy cow, I love it. Well, even if you don't write a book, I hope you can use that line in, in one of your in one of your talks. But use that, it immediately. That brought to mind what you call the big lie. And that's when companies say, Joe, we're already really good at the fundamentals. Can, can you talk about why most companies are wrong about that if they think they are good at the fundamentals? And, and you even there's also a, a big part about continuous improvement. Yeah. And don't think that I didn't notice you, you mentioned Deming at the beginning of your book. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, it's, isn't it interesting how, how some of those guys like Deming and Drucker mm-hmm. – <laughs> who are, are gone now, but they, uh, they got it right. They, they got it right. And, and it's still right. The big lie. And, and when I say the big lie, I mean, I don't mean you're out lying to people. I mean, it's a self-deception, yes. which is, and I run into this all the time. My clients say, Oh, the basics. No, no, no. That's there was, there was one client. I think I wrote about him in this book. I mentioned them. Uh, they said, that's just table stakes. We, we're, to, we're, be, we're beyond that. That's right. But the problem is they were losing on the table stakes. They weren't winning on the basics. And that's what so many people say. It's like in my business, you know, people that go out and give speeches. I'll have speakers say, well, I need more business. And I'll say, well, let's, let's make your speech better. Oh, no, no, my speech is great. That's not the problem. And I'm going, wait a minute. Your speech is great, but when people hear it, nobody hires you to do it again. I'm sorry, there's a disconnect there. And if if you're not getting business drawn to you from the strength of your product or service, and yet you say, I'm as good as I need to be on the basics, there's a disconnect there. Because th- th- that's the core of your magnet, is how good you are on, on the basics. And so, yeah, And the same thing with continuous improvement. You ask people, say, do you believe in continuous improvement? Oh, I swear by it. We got to get better. We get better every day. And I say, fine. What did you do specifically yesterday that made you better than you were the day before? (laughs) Oh, well, we we couldn't get better yesterday. We were slammed yesterday. We were just trying to keep the doors open yesterday. Well, then don't give me this baloney about you get better every day. See, all all these things are mostly slogans. Because to do them, and you said this early on, to do them is simple, but it's really hard. It's hard work to be the best at what matters most. It's hard work to get better every day. And yet, that's what makes a market leader a market leader. Well, and it also makes for, you know, let's say, a great NFL player. I mean, these guys, the most successful ones work much harder than most people realize. And it's, well, like, it's like a company saying, well, yeah, we, we're really good at this. We just need to work on our – it's like a football player saying, well, yeah, I got the basic down. I really need to work on my uh, end zone dance. That's what's going to uh, yeah. do it for me. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had a conversation this morning with a colleague who has worked a lot. It's funny you bring that up because he's worked with some NFL teams. He's worked with Pete Carroll. Uh, he's a big student of, of Nick Saban. And he said that the best coaches who create the best teams – will always say the reason that these guys or these gals are so good is because they are relentless about the basics. 
just relentless at practicing their jump shot, relentless at how to get better leverage when you make a block. It, it, I mean, come on. It's not about who's got the most unusual uniform. It's, it's about who scores the most points. Yeah. And, you, and you do that by winning on the basics. Well, Joe, let me ask you a couple other questions about the book. What, one of the things you talk about are the things, the most important things you want customers to say. Can you talk about that? Yeah, it's a real good way to get a, get a bead on, to get focus on what it is that you need to do. Here's the exercise. Have everybody on your team, or if it's just you, then just you, sit or, come up with this. Just sit and think about this. If I could have my customers saying three things about me, what would they be? I'll give you an example from my own work which is I want people to say Callaway is incredibly easy to work with. Well, if that's what I know I want, because that's a big tiebreaker in my business. Mm-hmm. Is Listen, it's like a big with event planners and things yeah, like that? Yeah, event planners. But come on, I defy anybody to say that being the easiest to work with is not a big tiebreaker in your business. I mean, the 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 king of the mountain on that has got to be Amazon. It is so easy to spend money on Amazon. It's just <laughs> sadly it's, so. Yes, it's, no kidding. It's insane. They make it so easy to do to business with. But if what one of the things I want customers to say about me is he's very easy to do business with, then think about it. If if you look at that, if you go backwards from that, then that's going to drive a lot of my decisions in terms of the way I work with my clients, in terms of the way my website is set up, am I easy to do business with? And so it's, it's a really great exercise to get you thinking in terms of what do I need to do every day? What do I need to focus on? Well, look at it from the other end. What do you want your customers saying about you? So it's it's a good thought-provoking way to come at what should matter most in your business. And let me mention something that you probably don't want to, but you did talk about in your book. Under this idea, this just because you pulled that one out of the hat, I want people to think it's easy to do business with you. You talked about one keynote you gave, and this is the problem with writing so many books, Joe. Just I'm just putting that out there. Every attendee was going to get a book. Well, the problem is the wrong, oh book, the wrong book got delivered. Oh, Lord. So that, yeah. So I think if, if I had to guess, you said, wait a minute, one of those three things I want is for them to still think I'm the easiest to work with. You gave a copy of the wrong book to everyone, and then probably at a loss, you mailed the correct book no, to every attendee. No, let, back up. I didn't. I, because the client didn't take me up on that, but I offered it. Oh, okay. The, the, yeah, but the client was, oh my gosh, she was not happy. I show up in Las Vegas, and the event banner player says, there's a little problem. I said, what's that? You sent 600 of the wrong book. They didn't want this book. They wanted that book. And so uh, I said, okay. And I wasn't even talking to the client directly. I think she was so mad she didn't want me in in her presence. <laughs> And so I did what I always do, which is I'm going to pour so much of a solution on this that it's going to extinguish the fire and start to grow uh, roses in its place. I said, okay, number one, every book that came here is free. Number two, the book that she wanted, give me a mailing list of all 600 attendees, and we will mail a copy of that book to everybody at, at our cost. 
now we're we're getting up into talking about thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, the, the, he went and he talked to the the client. He came back. He said, "Well, okay, the client's pretty blown away by your offer." And she said, "Actually, the book that you sent looks pretty darn good when she looked at it. So we'll just take that at no cost." And she's happy. But then the next day, I gave the speech. And I mean, the, the core thing that I was delivering was that speech. And so I had to knock that out of the park. Luckily, I'd done enough work, enough prep. Uh, I'd done enough research where I was ready, willing, and able to do that. And so the client was happy. You know, one of the things in the book that I say is, is that I don't ever want to apologize to a customer because I don't want to do anything to have to apologize for. Mm-hmm. It's but, a goal. It's a goal. That is an aspirational statement. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty good at getting it right, but if it doesn't go right, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make the to make it right according to the customer. And if that costs me a lot of money short term, so be it. I'm making an investment in my reputation, in word of mouth, in continued business, and client loyalty, on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's an investment. I'm simply I'm willing to make it. Joe, let me ask one other question about the book that I just it just jumped out at me, and that's when you say one mistake that many businesses are making is to see the defection of their customers as a marketing challenge. What what do you mean by that? Here's the mistake that a lot of companies make when when they have customers leaving. A lot of times what they do is they say, okay, we need better advertising. Mm-hmm. We need better marketing. Look. Customers don't leave because your advertising's not working. They leave because they don't perceive value anymore. They feel like they can get a better deal somewhere else. They feel like they will be treated better somewhere else. It's it's this is not uh, well. I mean, it's marketing. If you if you come from the perspective of everything is marketing, but. It's certainly not about advertising. You know, it's funny when I ask this kind of a follow-up to that, looking at the positive side of that, when I ask people to give me the name of a company that they recommend and they name the company, I say, let me ask you something. Do you recommend them because they've got great advertising? No, of course not. They recommend them because they of the great value that they perceive that they're getting there. It's the same with defection. If people are leaving you, it's not because of any fault in your advertising or your, you know, what what is strictly defined as marketing. It's because you're dropping the ball on value. And so now we go back to let's look at the basics again and see where we need to get better. It It's funny, it always comes back to these same two or three principles just over and over and over. And it is simple, and it's not rocket science. And to say once more, that's not to say that it's easy. It's not easy to succeed. It takes a lot of work, but it takes focusing on the right things. Yes, and there's one other line you had that was great about strategy. The ultimate purpose of strategies is to create an intense focus on the few things that matter most. Yeah, that's an idea that's been around a long time. I, you know, you, you hear that talked about in, in a lot of places, but I, I've latched onto it and said, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's, that's just not something neat to say and then move on. That should be, that should be what's driving your thinking around strategy. 
And I just, I love the simplicity of it. The purpose of strategy, to say it again, is to get everybody focused. Because so many of the companies that I work with, and not just big ones, but fairly small size companies will say, one of our challenges is to get everybody focused on the same things or to get everybody on the same page or whatever their their term is to talk about everybody being in agreement on. Guys, what are the two or three or four things that we have to get right as an organization? And if we get them right, then we're good. Then we will succeed. And and again, that takes work. It's easier said than done, but I think it's essential. Yeah, and I'm I'm in the agency business, and I talk to clients and prospects, and sometimes uh, prospects they they really don't have some goals. It's just sort of a you know hand to mouth. Let's just just uh, do what's working. And I think that by talking about you know what are these three things that you want people to say about you. For me, it almost seems like a way to trick them <laughs> into thinking about some initiatives about what's really going to matter. So I, I plan on borrowing that concept. If I'll let you know. I'm sure it's going to work well, but it's, it, I, I, I like it. I like it, and I think that it's another way to sort of uh, fire the imagination of some of these businesses instead of saying, what are your goals? Well, you know, 10% this or 10% that. No, let's, let's talk about something that you know, can get you a little more emotionally involved. So, Joe, if readers took only one thing away from the book, what would you hope it would be? You know what? I want to stick with that concept about the, what your customers say, but I want, to, I want to bring it home and now put it in, in the, your audiences from their perspective, which is the, the flip side of what your customers say is, okay, what do I have to do? And I think, I know, because I've seen it work so many times, there is tremendous power. There's tremendous marketing power, tremendous productivity power, tremendous success and profit power in this. What are the handful of things? It's what I was just talking about. What are the handful of things that if we get those things right every day and we do them better than the competition, we will win? Super quick example, an international freight line that has boiled it down to this. Number one, pick it up when you said you would. Number two, Deliver it when you said you would. Number three, deliver it intact and all there. And the beauty of that, the elegance of that is they've taken an enormously complicated business and they've boiled it down to, wait a minute, wait a minute. If we do these three things better than anybody else, we win. So let's pour all of our effort, our energy, our focus, our thought into those three things, and it serves them incredibly well. Simplify. I'm telling you, if you can make your business, well, uh, let me quote Steve Jobs. If you can make things simple, you can move mountains. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I've heard it said that uh, it's, it's simple to make things hard, but it's hard to make things simple. But if oh, you listen. can, you're going to yeah. win. Yeah, making things complicated is the easiest thing in the world. You got to be really smart to figure out how to take a complicated idea and make it simple. But that's what all market disruptors do. Warby Parker, uh, Dollar Shave Club, Uber, all the disruptive companies have said, let's take something that's hard for people to do and make it really easy for them to do. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, you can make a lot of money. <laughs> like Uber. That's another one. Exactly. So let me ask you a couple other questions. Are there any recent or upcoming marketing books that you recommend or looking forward to reading? Oh, my gosh. It, 
I pre-ordered it in May of last year. It flew into my Kindle this morning, (laughs) and I can't wait to see what my friend Randy Gage has got to say in his new book, Mad Genius. Randy, let me tell you something. Sometimes Randy, he sometimes he makes me mad. Sometimes I disagree, but he always makes me think. And and if I can read a book that makes me think and go, huh, I never thought of it that way. Let me reevaluate. Let me take another look at what I'm doing. And Randy always makes me do that. I haven't even read it yet, and I'm telling you, I. I, I'll recommend it because I know I can't wait to see what's in it. Well, we'll make sure to connect that up in the show notes. I was not I was not aware of that book, and I guess that's why I ask these questions because I yeah, learned about right, so many right, other good ones. Listen, the release date is literally today, and so, yeah, I'm excited about that one. Well, good. So how can listeners best find out more about you and your book? Everything about me is on the website, which is just my name, Joe Callaway.com and Callaway is C-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. There's stuff about the books. There's a crazy good blog, and I can say that because it's not just me. I also bring in other people to to write some really great stuff for the blog. The, you, you can order any of the books. Oh, here's a cool thing. Go to the videos page, go all the way to the bottom. And there's a way you can download 21 short, meaning two to three minute videos for free. We, we People love that. So yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff going on on the website. And again, it's just joecalloway.com. I was just going to say to the listener, be careful. The videos are a little addictive. It's like the first time you <laughs> went on Pinterest. You know, <laughs> suddenly, uh, uh, where did those two hours go? So <laughs> final quote. Something else that I really liked uh, towards the end of the book. You have to change from talking to the market to talking with the market. Advertising, traditional marketing still have a place. Sometimes it's vitally important. But what's going to become more important is to have meaningful conversations with your customers. We've now got the capability to have real-time conversations with customers anywhere, any time of day. Use it. Your competition's going to. The name of the book is Magnetic, The Art of Attracting Business. The author is Joe Calloway. Joe, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. Thank you. This has been a pleasure. Have me back sometime. This is fun. Write another book. No. I'm, <laughs> Actually, I'm going to. <laughs> we've got five more books to get through. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks, thanks again, Joe. You are so welcome. Thank you. And that closes the book on the 62nd episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. But please don't let the end of this episode be the end of what you can learn about modern marketing. Visit marketingbookpodcast.com for show notes, free resources, and marketing guides. And while there, be sure to join the Marketing Book Podcast newsletter so you never miss an episode. And if you love the show, please do me a favor. Open up a browser on your phone or computer and type in love.marketingbookpodcast.com. That's love.marketingbookpodcast.com. That will generate a pre-formatted tweet about the show that includes a link to marketingbookpodcast.com that you can share with your world on Twitter. And you'll get a personal thank you from me for spreading the love. And please join us next time as we talk with Scott Brinker about his new book, Hacking Marketing, Agile Practices to Make Marketing Smarter, Faster, and More Innovative. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. You know, I'm from the South, so I'm required by law to send a thank you note. So would P.O. Box... (laughs)